train. It's a sword of power, sword of power, dragon and earth, soaring through the sky. Spread your wings. Super! The whole crew was popping beans on their way to the rave. Even with a broken neck, are they ready to podcast? You'll need all the strength you can get from this freaking bean. It's bean time! Bean o'clock! Take it to the bean! <laughs> Not not your best, but you know what? Not I your worst either. And not your worst. And also, I think we all got the soup brain today. Yeah, so. this was a solid middle of the table last time. I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I'm a certified freak. Seven days a week. Unionize now. Unionize freaks now. <laughs> Get those freaks to the table. Were, so were you picturing like the beans are um, like they get you like high or something? I don't know. Yeah, well, they do get you high, don't they? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the show. Um, <laughs> first of all, welcome to all the listeners. We're glad you're back. Yeah, welcome back um, to Balling Out. Super. super. I was paying attention. A Dragon Ball podcast. Wow. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jeremy Hammond. With me, as always, my co-hosts, Katie Rose Leon. Happy Labor Day, comrades. Alex Patak. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to discuss the beans. And it's Labor Day. And it's Labor Day. But you know what? Doesn't feel like it to me. Doesn't feel like it. Every day is Labor Day. You know, when you don't really work. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> when you don't go to the beach. When you, when you put it all on the content table. <laughs> content is your schedule. It's very funny to think about, like, you'd see these posts about, like, we should do a general strike or we should do, uh, you know, like a work slowdown. And you're like, is that not just, like, kind of naturally just happening right now? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a true. thousand percent what has happened. Like, is the country not, not in just a general I'm state on, of strike? I'm on general strike. <laughs> also, I'm the first one. That shit just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> like, well, it would work if you could if you could do it. You can't right. do it. Like, literally, we cannot do it. Under- you would have to get people to agree to do it and there's no way to do that because there's no unions but anyway yeah. and the closest we've ever beans. come the closest we've ever come to having <laughs> actual like general like a strike in solidarity with something else the closest we ever came barack obama swooped down from the sun to say yeah. lebron he james you must go hands. back to work dude you cannot lead a basketball strike lebron james i can't <laughs> take it to the hoop how committed to being whack Barack Obama is. I He's know. like, I'm only going to do two political things in the last four years and just Joe Biden and tell the NBA to play. And it's like, damn, that's whack as hell. It really blows. <laughs> and it would be one thing if he didn't dab on it right after. Yeah. It like was, he didn't wait till the cameras left and then just hit the dab. Really rubbing Hard. salt in the woods. A deep one, a deep dab. 
his his right arm shot off of his body <laughs> into space. His face was buried in his left arm. <laughs> he had to have one of his powerful doctor friends, of which he has many, uh, surgically unattach his head from his left arm. <laughs> After being buried so deeply in a full-on dab <laughs> Barack Obama broke his neck on the dab, and Goku had to give him beans to, to fix it. It was the only way he would have the strength left to crush more unions. You ever picture a, um, you ever picture like a predator drone doing a dab? I would like to, but they are missing so many of the pieces required. No, they have wings. They can do like the one of the wings stays regular, the and then the other move. one. Yeah, They're but in jets. this case, in this case, they do. You know, it's like a cartoon. They don't though. It's a cartoon where the the rules bend when you need them to for a gag, and in this case, the gag is that he he dabs after Barack Obama sends him to kill. Well, let's think about some this. Though. Syrian children. Let's think about how the wings would dab. How does what does that look like? Does one of them bend up and the other one bends down? Because I'm looking at it and that doesn't look like a dab. Well, what I'm picturing is <laughs> one of the wings stays identically the same, and then the other one bends inward, kind of over the face you know we're talking about two joints in the wing of this plane if not three acting for like a shoulder (laughs) for this to even and then maybe and even if you got it to bend in that many locations you need to put like a glove on the tip of the wing well, so uh, everyone knows it's supposed to be a hand, and the <laughs> drone is dabbing. Well, let me let me help you a little bit. I'm not picturing joints as much as I'm picturing like a rubber wing. Oh, so it kind of becomes so rubbery. I'm thinking of like a Looney Tunes sort of a situation here, a where like Looney Tunes style dab. Yeah, a Looney Tunes style predator drone, if you will. <laughs> you know the ones that are always trying to get the Roadrunner, <laughs> but he's just too fast. <laughs> You know they rebo- they rebooted Looney Tunes. Did did they like update the arsenal? Is it does it reflect more modern weaponry? Yeah, does he get like a Yeah, Bugs Bunny has a Glock. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say I was going to say Wiley Coyote has like an AR and it's like for Acme rifle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to say something horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez uses yeah, they them pronouns. I was gonna say something about Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> All right, and we'll never know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> was it Speedy Gonzalez? No, I'm thinking of Tex. I'm thinking of Tex has pistols. Jeremy, was it you that was trying to tell me that Yosemite Sam is Jewish? Uh, I don't think so, but I would believe it. <laughs> Did I call Yosemite Sam Tex? Yeah, Yosemite Sam. He doesn't. Well, how would he be coded Jewish? Just the beard? I don't know. I swear. Oh, because his name is his name has Semite in it. Someone was <laughs> trying to tell me that, and I can't figure out. Who. It might have been me. I feel like that is something I would have said. I just don't remember what arguments I was making. <laughs> but his name does have Semite in so it. In, in this argument, we've been pronouncing it wrong. It's Yo Semite Sam. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yo, Semite Sam, what is up, dude? And he is like, he is he's like, you wouldn't believe in self defense. You wouldn't believe guy. the deal I got on these guns. <laughs> the American I got government a package is deal. They did two guns. for one. <laughs> That's Yo, Semite oh, no. Sam. Yeah. 
you know, the thing is, though, outside of his name being Yosemite Sam, it doesn't really... He, the rest of him is very Goyum. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, his outfit is definitely some, you know, it's he's got a Goyish outfit, but he, I have, like, cousins with red hair like this. But did they wear before that big my, hat? Before my beard was gray, it was red in the places where it's gray. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's um, great. It's pretty common for for that's Jews. That's great to hear. Yeah, a lot of my my Jewish friends have red beards. You've picked it's up usually, a lot uh, of interest in Jeremy's beard. It's usually the Jeremy's uh, beard uh, community is ringing off the hook right it's now. It's usually a grandmother or a great grandmother who had red hair, and then all of the men in your family will be like, "That's her nagging us from beyond the grave." <laughs> yeah, I always Classic heard it was Jewish from family J- joke. <laughs> <laughs> I always heard it was from a uh, sinful behavior, red hair. Oh, interesting. I just yeah, found a picture of Yosemite Sam dressed God's like a Saudi light. prince. Very okay. interesting. What's the angle there? I think it's just from an episode where he was like in the Foreign Legion, probably. Oh, yeah. That's just a work thing for him. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my uniform for work. Oh, and here's one of Yosemite Sam in front of a Confederate flag. Oh, a lot of him in front of a Confederate flag, it turns out. That makes the most sense out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Could absolutely see that. Although, he's not supposed to be, like, Southern. He's he's from the he's West. He's from Texas, dude. He's a Texas man. Is he? He's, he's like, Yosemite. Old West. I think he's supposed to be, like, a, a, a gold panhandler. Yeah, like a yeah, that's what I thought. He's like a forty nine er. Oh, so like a Cali man. Yeah, but his attitude is very pro slavery. You could just tell. This is a weird. Everything where, about this guy. Here? But Yosemite is in California. He's from California. He's not. He's not from California. He moved to California to reinvent himself after trouble <laughs> after followed <divorce>. him. <laughs> after. <laughs> it says here your name is Sam Moskowitz. <laughs> yeah, he divo- no, it's he, Yosemite Sam. It's he had a Yosemite nasty breakup Sam. with Betty Boop, and he moved out to California, right near the San Francisco area in the Yosemite National Park region, because he was like, well, I'm about ready to come out, but not quite ready yet. Yeah, exactly. He's like, And then he shot his guns into the airs in both yeah. directions. And then that over rabbit over, came in and confused him further sexually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That is That's a rootin' tootin' sexy rabbit. <laughs> the way he did it was was not what an ally would do. Right. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a lot of Looney Tunes stuff. What else we got going on, folks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. There's the, uh, um, well, speaking of California, the um, the whole state's on fire. Right, it's hot out there, y'all. Well, it also just is like, I mean, like crazy wildfires and shit. Do you see that it was the, yeah. the, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw already that it's the gender reveal party that did it. That Again? started the fire? Yeah, it was uh, this huge wildfire that's like destroying the state of California it was started by explosive pyrotechnics at a gender reveal party. Sorry, that's going in Billy Joel's new 2020 song. I mean, <laughs> it's like a I joke don't... that writes itself. I, know. I can't even believe how spot on that is i know the binary is literally killing us <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh god <laughs> california at least for like 
as long as I've been alive, seems like it's been on fire every year. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's pretty much it's not to bring now. up these the old thing, rivalries, but I don't is, know why you would live there. The thing is, it's not <laughs> supposed to be on fire. Right. It's supposed <laughs> to be regular. Yeah. There are areas in this world where you see it on fire and you go, good, right on schedule. And California is not one of them. You can set your clock to it, though. It's fucking crazy. I remember there was the one summer that it happened, the first time I remember it happening, and they wrote it into that season of weeds. And then uh, from then on, basically every summer, California was on fire. Oh, right. I remember that with the, the episode of Weeds where she has a gender reveal. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it starts that crazy fire. And she's like, don't worry, everybody. There's two. <laughs> <laughs> Two smoke Everybody options. <laughs> if I cut open this cake, it's going to be one of two. <laughs> it's a simpler time. There's two genders as far as I'm concerned in 2006, and that's terrorist or free man. <laughs> that's so funny. When I was in college, uh, me and my friend made up this game called Terrorist or Baby. Um, where we would have to do these hmm. critiques that would go on and on and on, and you get really bored of looking at people's bad art. So we'd sit in the back of the classroom, and we would draw on a piece of paper a bunch of babies and terrorists, and then we would hold a pencil above it and try to hit the terrorists, not the babies. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of oh, like, wow. like horizontal darts. <laughs> and how far away are you from these, these drawings of babies and terrorists? Uh, they're like on the floor and we're like in a chair or like, you know, we're usually, there's usually like a few feet between, between. All right. That checks out. That's a game. We're playing at the the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) It's a game. (laughs) (laughs) I was on edge for a second there, but that is a game. Yep. Um, If nothing else. So, you know, people giving, cause like. What they don't tell you in art school is like so much stuff you can't critique because they're like, you're like, oh, the perspective on this is off or the colors are weird. And they're like, this is about my grandma who died of AIDS. Oh. And you're like, <laughs> all right. So then you come up with a game called uh, Terrorist or Baby. <laughs> <laughs> all this time we would have spent critiquing each other to get better at art. <laughs> That's the fucking worst part of art class by far is when like, so it's like, I mean, it's like art school confidential, I guess is kind of like the, the annoying version of this. But like when there's somebody in your class who clearly just doesn't actually know what they're doing at all. Yeah. And everybody's just like, look at it. It's like got so much emotion. And you're like, no, he's just hot. Like, I don't know what you're, pro- like, yeah. how you guys are not getting this. No, they just, like, suck. It's not a naive art style. It's that they suck. Yeah, <laughs> and you're complimenting them because you're into them. You want to why don't, suck why don't you say on that right their to, genital. Why don't you say that right to Dylan Sprouse's face? You look right at him. Tell him his drawing of Mario fighting Bowser is shit. I would love to say that to his face. <laughs> Were you in um you were in a game design class with him, right? That's true. I took some artistic license because he has he does oh, not do art. So you were he, does you, he designed a game. Media. <laughs> he designed a game and you were like, that's not a game. Oh no, dude, I fucking let people have it in game design class. 
When terrorists... You're gonna put me in a room like that? I'm the alpha, man. I'm gonna be like, what is this? What terrorists are looking baby at? pass your your game class critique, Alex? Yeah, the, the I mean, I'm they, asking, they couldn't get past can, me. How can I better design terrorist or baby for a mass market? Oh, <laughs> well, for one, um, you're probably going to want to add some kind of. Um, like random generation to it because drawing the terrorist and the baby, I feel like is going to really cue you in to just like, you're going to know where to drop it. And then the other thing too, Katie, this is for your own good. This is so you get better. All right. Um, what maybe allocate drawing into a bigger part of winning in some way, because that's half of the game as far as I'm concerned. And that's like completely on, we would take uh, a you turns, know, there's no points for that. We would take turns drawing the map. So, like, you know, you just draw a bunch of terrorists and a bunch of babies. And, uh, you know, you would take turns on each other's terrorist or baby sheet of paper. So there is a little bit of that. And you get... There's some satisfaction in designing I just don't know level. what we're doing here. I don't know what this is for. Okay. What if there <laughs> you know, was... it's nothing like Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, a great game, what I say, we, uh, and then everyone claps. Added some DLC here. <laughs> what okay. If, An expansion <laughs> pack where we add... Um, hats for babies. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can babies. add hats to all the characters. That's uh, You're going to make a lot of money off of those. There's a mod where all the terrorists are, are fuckable. Now, I was in most of my game design classes in 2011, so my recommendation is going to be, why don't you throw zombies in the mix? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. They're okay, so really terrorists or babies right or zombies. Maybe yeah. zombies could be uh, babies <laughs> versus terrorists versus zombies. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I, I do it. not miss do it. You I do make not money? miss it. Because this is a business. <laughs> this is a business. I don't I know miss you that were era. in sweet life of Zach and Cody, but you can't just skate <laughs> along on your previous <laughs> accolades if you want to be a big gamer like like Gabe, whatever his name is, at Valve. I think this is Gabe, right? Gaben. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. I don't think he has a last name. Buy me some time. Personally. Gabe Valve. Um... Yeah, I don't miss the uh, the zombie era at all. I always Gabe hated Newell. that shit. They just shoehorned it into everything back then. I enjoyed it the first year, as did everyone, and that's how it spiraled out of control for <laughs> for a good five year block. <laughs> did they end up doing like zombie con and shit like that? Did the, did like the a, like a, like I'm saying like did they end up doing like a Santa con where you dress up like a zombie? I'm sure. It I'm seems sure. like it's your it money on the done. table. It's money on the table if you didn't do it. What you're asking for cannot be done. And that's my feedback as a gamer. It can't be done? No, because, I mean, you can all dress up as a zombie, but you're not behaving like a zombie. I, they used to do zombie walks all the time. What's a zombie walk? In the early 2000s, it was like a twee thing you could do where you would all dress up like zombies and walk around. Do you remember when they would do um, improv everywhere? Yeah. And they would do like... Um, Those guys are fucking psycho assholes. Yeah, they're really cruel. Katie. Did you ever read the follow-up on that band? They ruined their lives! <laughs> they ruined that Katie. band's entire <laughs> career. <laughs> what? 
improv everywhere we're like they were they're like we're improving the world through smiles i'm like you're ruining people's days they did that one where they wore blue shirts in a best buy and pretend to work at best buy and i'm like what about the people that work at Best Buy? What about the that people who work at the Best Buy? Or what about the people who need help? What about the people who are the there ass. looking for a fucking camera piece? Or like when they, <laughs> they need help, they need a new TV, and you—they're coming up to you, and you're saying, "No, this is part of my improv experience." <laughs> or they're like, "Let's all high five each other on the escalator." I'm like, "Don't touch me, stranger! Don't you. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't do not do fucking that. touch me." The best one. And here's something no one was talking about: is they're all in their underwear on the train. That's what I was. Gonna say is that's to, the best one. <laughs> you're all supposed to look at it and think, "Why am I not in my underwear? Why is everyone else in their underwear? What did I miss?" And that's the joke. But here's the the punchline that nobody's talking about: is sometimes you're making people horny. Well, I was gonna say the punchline is that a decade later, every single improv theater would close because of sex pestery. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. It's an extremely predictable outcome with that kind of behavior. You know what? I'm okay with COVID tearing America asunder if it closes down a bunch of improv theaters. Oh, uh, could you imagine Dave? if none of them Dave's survived? Dave's a bad guy, but he came up with underwear day. <laughs> where we all go out in our underwear. Well, are any of them and left at this point? maybe it feels good just to be with each other that way. I know it's UCB just went down pretty hard. Yeah. And on. then... What's left is like I think the magnet went down like a year before COVID. Yeah, I can't. I don't even know of any. The, the magnet. Pit. Um, they're probably done. Well, Second City still doing great. Are they? You know, as far as I know, they don't even wear underwear. They're great people. <laughs> <laughs> Huge theaters. They just have the one. What other right? ones. Oh, the Groundlings. Does that still exist? More. More like the consensual adults, that Ings. group. Lings, it, yeah. Lings. <laughs> Wrap it up. Another one in the can. What else we got? <laughs> uh, there was um, the San Francisco one uh, was the uh, Diggers. The Diggers? Yeah. That just sounds made up. It's a real one. Ugh. The gold diggers, they, yeah. mm-hmm. the dating me for my fucking money. <laughs> Get real. <laughs> if you want to have a. Ge- <laughs> oh, Alex. <laughs> and you want to, you want to have a general strike? Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> You'll never have my cash. Um, it's all offshore. What about <laughs> um? The Beast. That was the UCB East. You remember that? Oh, dude, I have so many bad memories there. It's crazy. I do too. And that place <laughs> we sucked. all do. It's an extremely cursed place, and I was happy to see it go. Those mics Let's were describe terrible. Why, though, the physical space they bought, the UCB East Theater, was like a long movie theater room where like, the sound stayed in parts of the room and then didn't go to other parts and it yeah. was like this big scary entryway that's not what you want you want an amphitheater you want a greek style comedy experience like, like the, the classics <laughs> yeah like the pit or like oedipus well, the thing that was always crazy about uh, the ucb east to me was that they they got that uh the space for it and they were like they're like we really want like a corner 
you know, let's get ourselves a nice corner. And then they found one, but then they couldn't get the pizza place to move out. So they had like this weird like horseshoe corner space where like the pizza place was still on the corner and then they had like the space next to it on both sides. You remember this? Yes. Two boots. Yeah, two boots was in the middle of it, but you you could enter UCB from either block, but then it was just a weird horseshoe shaped building. It was fucked up. Yeah. That's asking for it. That's asking to be closed right there. Don't put the middle of your building, it's the pizza building instead. Who was New it? Rule. Who was, it, who was telling us that they... Pizza they've... is is a better investment than a U-shape improv theater. Like, the it's fact that there was an investment. improv theater-based economy in the 90s is so sickening. We deserve what is happening to us. We deserve, we deserve 9-11. It, it was 100% because, we because of that. turned from God's light. <laughs> Which was scripted. But do you guys remember Bible. somebody... Somebody told us about... I think on this show, somebody told us about... Um, uh, that they were there helping clean out the UCB East. When 9-11 happened? When when UCB East closed, they helped clean it out. Do you guys remember this? Oh, okay. And they was were it saying, Brandon Scott Wolf? It might have been Brandon Scott Wolf. But it was somebody who was telling us about like going through like this back junk room where they were pulling out like old costumes and props and shit and just being like, this is like 20 years worth of failure back here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's geez. just so many people's just broken dreams or just like banana costume somebody had a great idea for a sketch that went nowhere <laughs> oh i can't believe mr hot dog didn't get its own show i thought for sure mr hot dog was gonna be a big thing coming out of this theater a hit i walk a lonely <laughs> road <laughs> the only one i could think of who like really had a career take off from the ucp east is aaron glazer who immediately <laughs> yeah uh-huh. whoops yeah man that guy's in wolf of wall street he is, and he was in a. Um, he had a. He got a fucking Super Bowl commercial. Do you remember that? <laughs> Dude, he has. He has the ideal like twenty twelve schlubby face. Everyone wanted that face. They're like Seth Rogen's big. We need more Seths. I need more Seths in here now. Well, but do you remember though that he after he got mega canceled, just randomly out of nowhere, he got a fucking Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Yeah, dude, football people, they don't care if you're canceled. I'll they say that. They really don't care. I'll say that. They're just here to catch the pigskin. They don't want to hear about your crimes. <laughs> Too busy looking for the big TD on the Thanksgiving big, Day. Big TD. I'm so tired, you guys. Yeah, where are we on time, Alex? It's time to talk about Dragon Ball. I'm so uh, sleepy. We're at, we're at 26. It's time to talk about Dragon Ball, baby. Excelsior. It is I, Jordan D. Peterson, and I'm here to talk to you about my favorite new podcast that I see around the web these days, Ballin' Out Super Podcast. Your forefathers would sit around a campfire, and you'd all listen to the podcast, and they'd shake their heads and hold on to their women's breasts. It's really something that doesn't happen anymore, and it's sad. You should donate $5 to their Patreon, and it's really fantastic what they're doing behind that paywall. As presented in the Disney archetype, the universe has... I've always been there presenting these norms and that's what we have to do we have to support these podcasts so that we can use them to all fuck in a big pile that's what I want to do I want to fuck in a big pile of Jordan Peterson style baby you guys ready 
I'm ready. I'm putting my hand on the table, pretending mm-hmm. your hands are here, and that we're going to lift them off all one, at the same time. One, two, three, go! Dragon Ball! Podcast. The title the of, middle this of the podcast. Episode, the title of this episode is Goku Arrives at Last. Take down the Ginyu Force. Oh boy, Goku, he's here. Look out. He's, get, he's stepping yeah. off the spaceship. He's got to find everyone. Goku, Goku, He says, uh, they just got to be alive. Oh, wait, my son's neck is broken. Yeah, they really right. doubled Go- down on his neck is broken. <laughs> We're going to have to discuss a lot about Goku this episode. He gets um, several new oh. alien powers. <laughs> so I feel, at least in the Kai timeline, this is the turning point episode where Goku comes from befuddled, like, you know, clumsy hero to just, like, a psychopath. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, true they, psycho. The characters even comment on it, too. They're like, Goku, you seem different. <laughs> you didn't used to be like this. <laughs> they literally... Let's get into it. So, yeah, he lands, and he's like, better find everyone quickly. And he senses Frieza and Ginyu. They're like, oh, there's some really strong people here. And then he senses Gohan and Krill. And they're like, damn, they're fucked up. Better put my training to the test. Jeets is really fucked up. But don't worry, you guys. Goku is here. Uh, he goes and lands by his five-year-old son who has had the life drained out of his body and his neck broken. And That's going to really put a damper on totally finding your son, by the way. This shot is insane. Because he's holding his, like, dead son in his arms. He's like, hey, little buddy, just eat this bean. Oh, Dude, so weird. He's giggling your... so much. Yeah, it like... was weird. Gohan's eyes are like white orbs. Yeah. <laughs> They're just lifeless. He's literally like, oh, you can't swallow it because your neck's broken? That's kind. I'll just put it in your mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Did beans used to do that? Did they fix broken necks before? It's weird because I noticed this this episode, too, because when he gives it to Vegeta, Vegeta's scratches and cuts and stuff do not close. You know, he still has all the scratches and cuts, and which leads one to wonder, is Gohan's neck just still broken? Right. Right, and but he doesn't even know it. He just gets right back up, and he's like, oh, Dad's here. I'm like, there's so much weird trauma going on right <laughs> his now. His face is backwards on his body. Yeah. <laughs> It was so <laughs> fucked. Like, baby Gohan all fucked up with his neck broken was, like, a profoundly disturbing drawing. Like, they did not try to make it look like it wasn't happening. He's all bent wrong. And then he just yeah. gets yeah, up. Yeah, this is a big part of uh, Animal Cemetery. Pet and Cemetery. Whatever. Animal <laughs> Cemetery. <laughs> animal I run ce- this game design class. <laughs> <laughs> animal Cemetery is, like... When your mom is like, yeah, I got you the thing you love, Monster Trader. And you're like, Pokemon? You're like, yeah, I went to the fuck the 99 cent store and they said it's the same thing, Monster Trader. What? Yeah, you put the VHS in and it's like some weird Russian tape of just like a, like a clearly dead elephant that they've just like hoisted up on ropes. Hello. <laughs> it is me, elephant. <laughs> it is me, elephant. Here we are in Maine. <laughs> Look at red leaves. 
Many supernatural things are happening. Oh, he's getting French. <laughs> it's getting French. French. <laughs> so uh, he feeds him the bean, good as new, and then uh, you know the Ginyu Force is like, "What the fuck did just what happen?" What is in those beans? Uh, I gotta get those beans. Goku tells Gohan, he's like, we also got to give Krillin a bean. And while they walk over to Krillin, they just have a little catch up. They're like, oh, what's up with Vegeta? He's like, no, he tried to fight that guy. He's kind of our friend now. Okay. Yeah, that guy needs a bean. Totally. Very weird. Very weird. But I do appreciate this part because it's like, it's one of the only times where Goku does have like genuine wisdom from life experience where he's like, oh, okay, he's a former enemy who's now a homie. I totally understand. Yeah. I totally get that. Sometimes totally get it, a, yeah. It's happens a surprise all the time. homie. They get- it happens every day. As, as you get older, you're going to find this happens a lot to you. <laughs> Oops, all homies. Uh, he gives Krillin the bean, and as soon as he recovers, he immediately just starts being like, we can't win. We must retreat. Yeah. I'm a cuck. And step on me, I'm a worm. We I'm can't a little win. worm. There's a moment here but where he's trying to give Krillin the bean, and Krillin is like protesting, and he's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets like, the bean. What happens when you eat this bean? I think he just wants to die. Like, I think Krillin just wants out of this lifestyle. Yeah. Let it end. <laughs> but do you think I'm that useless. it's also like a like it fixes your brain the same way it does your body? So like you know, he's having his doubts and he's like, we're all going to fucking die. There's no point to giving me the bean. And then he eats and he's like, actually, I'm fine now. But no, that because is kind of how I get when I haven't eaten for like four hours. So yeah. I get it. I yeah. get it. Except Krillin eats this bean and he's like, we can't win. I'm like, it's not, it's not Game working. Game over, man. Basically. Game over. Uh, and then Vegeta, he's like, what's up with Vegeta? He's like, oh, I thought these were his friends. And Krillin's like, it's complicated. And then Goku's like, okay, no need to catch me up. Uh, and he puts his hand on Krillin's head yes. and does a Vulcan mind meld, something King we have shit. never <laughs> been explained that Goku could do before. He, he never does it again. Mad. We reads, never see this again. He reads Krillin's thoughts. And then <laughs> As Goku, a game designer, I do not approve of this plot update. And Goku rehashes the plot of the show up until this point. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's like, oh, I know everything that happened. Don't bother telling me. I know everything that happened. And Krillin goes, since when can you do that? You never used to know how to read minds. You can read minds. And then Goku's like, yeah, I don't know either. I just thought I could. And then I did it. And it's never addressed. It's crazy because it's it's part of a suite of new talents that he has that he got after training in the gravity chamber and whatever. But what's crazy is that it's like he didn't test this stuff before he got there. So, like, the amount of confidence he has in this is, like, kind of confusing at times. Yeah. Well, well, like, there's there's no reason he should be able to do this with the gravity chamber. If he went to space, if he was with King Kai, and King Kai is like, by the way, you have to learn hand on head. technique it's our most powerful weapon well, what and if it was like, the, was like i'll do that later what if it was like the radiation of space this is also what i've been thinking is that the radiation of space changes goku this is a theory we have not explored we've assumed it's from dying that changes his personality but i think yeah. there's something out there away from our electromagnetic protections that changes you that I think- makes you come back different like an animal cemetery <laughs> I think it's a combination, you know? I think uh, a little column A, column B here. Yeah. Uh, it's just like in my favorite movie, 
a Porco Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Goku. Goku's. Or was it thirteen? Like is that one? Porco thirteen. Apollo. Was it Apollo Eleven or Apollo Thirteen? Is the movie with Kevin Bacon? It's a Porco Eleven. It's a Porco Eleven. Okay. <laughs> With Kevin Bacon. <laughs> they have one last bean. And this is where Goku reminds us uh, that he is a psycho. Because he gives it to Vegeta. And he goes, I need him strong for our rematch on Earth. And Krillin's like, fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that is a fair question. Of, it's a very, very question, how yeah. It skips the entire life or death scenario that they were about to be killed in and then starts a new one later. Yeah. And uh, the movie was Apollo 13. I just Googled it. Yeah, I just Googled it too. I Fuck watched my that ass. on a bus. On a, a school trip. On a school trip. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's where everybody saw this movie. I don't think anyone's seen it. Like, it didn't get seen in the theater for sure. Uh,. Goku says, all right, I'm going to go kill these Ginyu guys real fast. And Jace is like, oh, he only has 5,000 power. He's, uh, but we all know he's hiding it. And, yeah, he's uh, hiding it. Yeah. He learned that in space. Vegeta wonders, how is he so calm? He doesn't even, you know, put up a guard. He's so, he's so just zen, that psycho. Uh, right, and he keeps making wise cracks the whole time. Yeah, Raccoon goes, you got Death Wish or something? Are you fucking loco? And Goku gives a serene smile because he's so twisted. Yeah, he's giving, he's giving smiles, and he's being rude to everybody. Yeah, he's and it's like, like yeah. you don't have to be rude. He's like, you can't win. I could tell just by looking at you. And then that's when Krillin and Gohan are like... This is not like Goku. Like, yeah, I don't remember what? him talking this much shit. What the fuck? He came Sometimes back. Gohan dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like being really mean, and 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 both Gohan and Krillin are kind of flummoxed by it. Vegeta is staring at him, and he goes, "Can it be? Is he a Super Saiyan?" Yes. And then Vegeta tells the lore of the legendary tale of the Super Saiyan, a folkloric figure in Saiyan heritage. I uh, think they could have done more with the lore. I think there should have been a lore episode. I mean, it it, it functionally was a lore episode. It was also a just like a fight episode. But like, I mean, I feel like they got through it pretty well here. And I, I appreciate that like, he's not 100% right about what a Super Saiyan is. Yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite things about this whole era is that, like, to them, they're just like, we don't know what the Super Saiyan's gonna look like or be like or anything, so he thinks for a while that Goku already is one, and, like, But think about how good it would have been. We have an episode that's like a a Dragon Ball fairy tale that's done in Vegeta voice, and he's flipping through a coloring book, and it's like, Little Claybolt climbed to the top of the hill to fetch a pail of water. It was there he saw his eyes glowing blue. You know, we could have had a whole thing. I can see that. I'm sorry you were denied that, Alex. Yeah. I was denied lore. <laughs> and you I never deny accused. a Patak lore. <laughs> well, enough lore, everybody. It's time to feel the power of Raccoon. He does a little dance, 
And before he can hit Goku, Goku disappears. And everyone's like, where is Goku? Where did he go? Oh, shit. He's behind Birder and Jace. He's fast now. You mm. guys work for Frieza, Goku asks them. Please peacefully now or I'm going to hella kill you. Uh, and they're like, no, we're not going to leave because we're bad guys. Yeah, Goku's on his cop shit this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Return home, citizen. <laughs> Return Goku to your time. home. <laughs> I do. Don't I really make me kick your ass. <laughs> something I really appreciated here is that they they left out the uh, the utterly stupid and confusing thing about uh, after images. Do you remember this? No. There's something In- about after images. No, just just say it, King. In the original uh, version of it. this. Uh, there was a whole thing where like Goku moves so fast that he like leaves behind an image of himself. And so they like shoot beams at him and they just like go right through and they're like, what? I hit him. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that is cool. They should have left that in. It's so confusing though. It like, it doesn't really work. (laughs) Inspired action. And that is what the show needs more. of. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he, he's standing behind them and then Raccoon's just like, I got something special for freaks like you. I'm going to blast you off the map. And he gets all big and muscly and he punches the ground and the ground starts to crack and purple energy's coming out of him. And he says, Raccoon Ultra Fighting Miracle Attack. But Goku, right before he can do anything, just elbows him right in the chest. And he's like, yeah, dude, you left yourself wide open, and it's the only time in the show that they acknowledge that people take too long to do attacks. And you yeah, yeah, real pot calling the kettle black situation. Yeah, <laughs> Goku is constantly doing long songs before his attacks go out, and this is again another thing that's like, who is this guy who got off the spaceship? Goku loves leaving himself wide open. What is he do? And he That's he's elbowed all the way through Raccoon? Yeah, he yeah, elbowed him, and then he immediately collapses. Yeah, he elbows New him Goku in the heart so hard he dies. That's crazy. And then his butt's out also. He doesn't even pull yeah, up Yeah, there's pack. a great shot. Butt's out. There's a great shot of Goku from the perspective of, like, just below Raccoon's ass. So it looks kind of like Goku is just staring down his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> Krillin cannot believe what a Chad Goku has become. And Vegeta is so mad because the others, they can't see what happened. But with his super, his, his Saiyan eyes, he can see that he uh, elbowed him to death because he's so strong or something. And... Uh, how could this be? Is he a Super Saiyan? No. Oh, I hope not. Goku. <laughs> that should be reserved for elites like Vegeta, as far as I'm concerned. Goku once again says, All right, Jason Berger, are you going to leave or fucking what? <laughs> Jace goes, This dude is crazy. Berger goes, yeah, you, like, think you're so cool because you fucked up our slow friend? Whatever, bro. Like, <laughs> way to get one in. And, uh, can I just, um, can we talk about a very important thing that happens this episode, which is Jace's voice is all over the damn place. <laughs> I love it. He does not commit to being Australian. He doesn't commit to, like, a weird lizard voice he keeps doing. <laughs> what is that? 
Yeah. Did he used to just be Australian? Did it change? He was Australian. He's always been Australian. Australian. What I was tripping on so much in this episode is that like he doesn't have another thing. You know what I mean? Like his whole thing is that he's Australian. There's nothing else to him. Like they have the friend who can stop time. They have the giant friend who loves to do poses. They have the fastest man in the universe. Later on, we find out that Ginyu can change bodies. And then what is Jace's thing? Jace is just like... He lives with Birder is what his thing is. (laughs) Jace is just a homie that they wanted to hook up. Like what's going on? roommate, Jace. (laughs) He's just a friend who needed a paycheck. And they're like, we we got space in the payroll. No, once (laughs) again... He's just really hot, and they're like, yeah, he's like, you know, not as experienced as the rest of us, but I think he has something really to add to the group, and meanwhile, like, Gordo or whatever was like, guys, he can't do shit, and they're like, shut up, four eyes. Everyone thought Jace was going to get his own show after this. They're like, Jace is a hot talent. We got to (laughs) get him fighting Goku. We got to get him doing a move with Birder. And then we're going to talk to Ted Turner over at Disney. See what we can drum up. Yeah, it's like those those old videos of the Jackson 5 where um, they would have like a huge sign behind them that says Jermaine. Yes. Because they were just like, yeah, Jermaine Jackson's going to be the biggest star out of the Jackson (laughs) 5. He's got all the moves. (laughs) And we all remember Jermaine's storied career. <laughs> <laughs> he would go into that blue orb with uh, with Michael, and they would yeah. do that purple comet attack. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do it with Tito. Oh yeah. In this oh, case, I, I imagine about Tito. I'd imagine Michael would probably be Captain Ginyu. Yeah, Captain Ginyu, I never had faith in as a Enterprise, but he at least comes back. <laughs> He does come back and he's got like more going on. (laughs) I mean, history proves that the Captain Ginyus of this world are a bigger deal than the Jaces, but yet uh, we don't want to give them that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who are the other Jackson 5 guys? I don't think it matters. (laughs) Jackson 5 guys, Burgers, and Fries. Yeah. I was just going to. Quizzing me? just for the sake of syncing them up with the Ginyu Force. It's fine. We can move on. <laughs> what about Janet? Who's Janet? Janet wasn't in the Jackson 5, but in this case, she but would be... But she's still um, valid, and I see her. She'd be Frieza, probably. Yeah. Okay, good answer. Uh, Jace is like, this guy's crazy. And, oh, right. So they, they talk shit, and then they go, ready? Okay. Uh, Jace is the Ginyu Force Red Manga. Jace and uh, Birder are the Blue Hurricane. We said our cute names. Now we're gonna do something that's purple. Here we go. Uh, and well, because red and blue makes purple, so that's kind of right the angle they're so exploring Jace this episode. Goes to talk shit to Goku, and he cuts him off by punching him in the face. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. The most realistic punch in all of Dragon Ball, by the way. Uh (laughs) The reaction to this punch where he's just like, what did you just fucking punch me? (laughs) 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 Takes him like 15 seconds for it to like sink in what even happened. (laughs) Yeah, because he like he has that moment where he's like, oh, oh, what the fuck? (laughs) You can't do that. There's that weird moment after you get punched in the face where you just like everything freezes. You're just like, 
Huh? Why am I even doing this? What is going on? Why did I even come out tonight? What the fuck? I could be at home. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, always where it starts for me. (laughs) Oh, no. We'll just hang out with Vegeta's crazy friend. Real cool. He punches people. We could be watching a 30 Rock episode for the ninth time. (laughs) 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 What am I doing here? Goku then does some break dancing and blasts them away by flexing his muscles. Uh, and Very sick. Goku behavior. Extremely cool. Krillin's like, he's so strong now. Oh my god. Uh, that is cool. That's so cool. Everyone thinks so. Every Jace is still like, his power level is only 5,000. It makes no sense. While Vegeta's like, idiots. They can't tell he's concealing his power. How strong is he really? Birder is like, let's do the purple attack. It's been a while since we've done the purple attack. Something, something, purple attack. They shoot. When you hug red and blue, it makes purple. They shoot uh, (laughs) spherical purple beams. Meanwhile, Bulma's mad, and she's bored, and they're late, and, and she's mad, and then the rocks fall on her. Okay, that's everything from Bulma. That's it right. for Bulma. <laughs> Bulma's having her own day in a way that's equally its own story. And I remember like in the original version of this that we would cut back to her all the time. Do you remember this? It was yeah. like all the right. fucking time it would be like, and Bulma is drinking water from the pond. Yeah. It's just Bulma working on thirst traps. It's like, we get it. You make a lot of thirst traps. That has to be a whole episode. You left, you fled the city, and now you feel insecure about it. So you're just (laughs) making thirst traps all the time to try and overcompensate for the fact that you abandoned us. But whatever. Feeling cute and sad on a farm right now. Feeling cute and sad, but my ass isn't. Your ass is a coward, Bulma. Um. So after the barrage of beams... Uh, Wait, hold on. I'm spelling Bulma, but I'm putting an asterisk where the U is. Okay, continue. <laughs> Jason Birder, uh, look where the beams are, and they're like, did we get him or what? Uh, they talk on their scouters, and they're like, oh my god, we didn't get him. So we're like, all right, we got to be sneaky, because I'm fast, and you're Jace. Jace does a big round red beam, and Goku just literally flicks it away like it's like a fly <laughs> and he goes he's like curse you says birder and uh where'd he go oh he's behind birder because goku's fast now too and he's like you can't trick me i'm the fastest in the universe and goku's like mm, more like second fastest bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jace is so like, funny he's a nightmare and uh, he, you know, Birder's like, what's your deal? And he's like, I'm a Saiyan from Earth. And he's like, how can you be faster than me? He's like, I don't know. I, uh, I trained more. And he's like, that's right, like these, these lines are really rude of yeah. Goku. And he didn't used to be like this. And I don't know who he learned it from. If even just fighting Vegeta for an afternoon turns you like this, I don't want my friends fighting Vegeta. Yeah. Goku went from only having, like, 200 followers and he got, like, a 1,000 overnight, which, like, in the larger scale of things isn't that big of a deal, but it just, like, went to his head so fast. It changed him. 
We get it, Goku. You figured out thirst traps. You talked to Bulma, <laughs> and now you know how to make a sexy thirst trap. That doesn't mean you can treat people this way. It doesn't mean that you get to just address every one of your posts to, quote, fans and followers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he then uh, punches him. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Well, and he then, does. And then there's fisties and punchies where they go really fast. And, he, you know, Goku keeps dodging Birder's punches. And then Jay sees his boyfriend going after him. And he gets mad. And he also joins in. And so Birder and Jace are doing rapid fire fisty punches. And they keep missing Goku over and over and over again. And he dodges finally. So Birder ends up kicking Jace in the face. And they have a little lovers quarrel where they're like you kicked me i thought we were lovers and he's like has like a kind of affectionate moment with him where he puts his hand on his chest and he's like not now we must kill goku yeah he like he literally says to him like you have to breathe (laughs) we're better (laughs) than this think of that time in path It almost like this whole in- interaction kind of makes you think you're supposed to know more about Jason Berger's backstory than they let you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all been leading up to this one moment. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then uh, Goku's like, last chance or I'm going to fight back. And they're like, no, we're going to punch you. So he's like, okay. And he punches Birder into the ground and then goes down real fast so he can catch Birder on his fist and break his spine over his yes. fist. Very cool. Then the King annou- shit. announcer comes on. He's like, three Ginyu's murdered, two to go. Okay, keep watching Dragon See Ball Z. See you next time. Later. <laughs> three Ginyu's down. Teetle deedle dee. <laughs> two Ginyu's to go. Come back and see. <laughs> and that's a move in um, Fighter Z, isn't it? In Fighter yes. Z, there's a bunch of moves in Fighter Z that epi- this episode. The the purple barrage is a Captain Ginyu move because he summons the boys out to do a purple barrage. Oh, that's cool. I never played with him, it and I shows. never see anybody play with him. <laughs> well, they, they, he's a high level character, and you wouldn't be seeing that, would you, Jeremy? I guess oh, not. No. Shit. We got a real Goku in our miss in terms of shit talking. <laughs> Leave the Fighter Z noticing to the champs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, out of uh, seven Dragon Balls, Katie, what do you say? Um, this was a pretty good episode, but I, I don't think it's a full seven. Um, you know, there's some clunky parts in here. They had to move them. I wish we got more of a Birder Jace backstory, but they kind of just yes. like Sped skim right past over it. it. I'm gonna give it a five out of seven. You know, wow. there's good. Okay. There's some good fighting in here. Yeah, great fighting. That Blueberry catches him like a pizza pie is unforgettable. Yeah, and the really fast fisty punchies, and I really like Jace's perfectly round beam. And when Goku catches Birder, it really shows how big Birder is because it doesn't really stick out because he's always flying, but he must be like eight feet tall. Yeah, he's a big guy. It's a lot of man to catch like a pizza. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to say this episode is a six out of seven. Like Katie said, there are some very memorable fightings to be had, but A, I just do not care for Goku's new tone and I don't know where he got it and I don't want him to be like that. And... Um, uh, daddy wants some lore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it six out of seven also. I kind of feel like, on the one hand, this is as good as the show gets, basically. Like that this is, is true. This era is <laughs> as as good as the show gets. Like they'll <laughs> never write anything better than they do this time period. To like, because it's a show that like is, for better or worse, it's always about like how powerful somebody is in relation to somebody else. And this is the only time they ever successfully convey it because this is the only time that they're like. Let's put these guys here. They get fucked up by these guys. We understand that the Ginyu Force are insurmountably strong. Then Goku shows up, fucks them up in two seconds, takes no time at all, but then Frieza fucks him up. So we understand all this stuff, right? It's really <laughs> right. successfully done here. It's the right. only time you really understand how powerful people are. Um, and I also like how much they front load Super Saiyan. I always forget about this, that like they really actually like set you up to be like thinking like oh i wonder what the super saiyan's gonna be like that's yeah, crazy we're so spoiled that we forget that it was cool when you it was really it. cool um but i also agree with you guys that like uh kai is moving way too fast right now yeah this is like the one time where i'm like no take a break slow down breathe let him Make fight a little longer to the story <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate that we killed Raccoon and Birder in the same episode. Yeah. I kind of right. wish that they'd taken their time a little more. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty fucking great. Great stuff. Pretty great. I recommend everyone go home and watch this and say yeah. what you learned from it. Um, all right. But yeah, we have time for an email. Why don't we do one of those, huh? It's time for Dragon All right, this email is from, uh, at this point, my favorite person who writes emails to us, Michael Kern. Woo! Um, Title of email, Enter the Death Stall. What? Dear Ballers. (laughs) Dear Ballers, you are in Death Valley. Okay. And you need to shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. You need to shit badly okay Uh, but there's nothing but heat and dirt for miles okay this seems like an easy one (laughs) (laughs) a large tractor trailer appears hauling two bathroom stalls a gentleman knowing of your gastronomic hell offers you a choice of one of his two stalls in one stall there are two toilets that are face to face Another person will be going to the bathroom at the same time as you. They are about five feet apart. In the other stall, the two toilets are side by side. Again, another person will be going to the bathroom at the same time as you. Your thighs will occasionally graze the other person and vice versa. Which toilet stall do you choose? Oh, this is a coward's question. Are you kidding me? Why is this even happening this way? Is this because I brought that girl back by bringing her to the animal cemetery? It feels like you could just grab some toilet paper and go in the desert pretty easy. In this yeah, scenario. I would 100% bail and take a shit in a mountain. What are you going to do, pound a bitch with your weird magic border bodies? Even if there wasn't a guy in there, even if no one was in there to touch my thigh, I don't want to be in a 200 degree border body when yeah. I'm in the middle of the desert. That's true, yeah. Jeremy can tell you that it's takes a lot to get me to use a porter potty in general i have to yeah. like i have they're disgusting it yeah. sucks dude I mean, i'll use one but not if i'm in a luscious open desert also yeah. i yearning peed, for my I've, fertilizer 
I've peed in a bathroom with two side by side toilets before. It's fine. Sure. I mean, I've well, <laughs> but that's the thing is, you've peed in front of people. I've peed in front of people. It's really the the heart of this question is like, who it, would you? Poop if you're in front taking of? a shit, is it worse to be making eye contact with somebody while taking a shit, or is it worse to be touching somebody while taking a shit? Uh, I I think eye contact's probably worse. I also think eye contact yeah, is worse. Like this also just seems worse, like a yeah. kind of like stall they have in Europe or something where like you have to touch oh, somebody God. else. To yeah, poop. or like one of those weird ones where you have to like squat over a hole in the floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we, instead of urinals, we have one big trough. We have a big trough that you can all lean and pee on each other if you want. Dude, the worst is when you're here. And you go to like a bar that's like European themed, and they have a trough, and you're like, I, "This is not where I want authenticity." We have, rules. <laughs> we have it would be one thing if I was abroad in France, but <laughs> for me to be in Buffalo, New York, and pee in a trough, forget about it. Forget Buster about Brown. it. <laughs> anyway, I would touch the leg. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I touch the leg. Yeah, I think we're in agreement on that. But. In this exact scenario, I'm digging a hole in the desert. Yeah, exactly. Like, or, if, if or it, I'm chopping the top off of a cactus, and I'm using that like a little <laughs> seat. <laughs> Tell him, J Dog. <laughs> yeah, I got, oh, I'm I'll like, be there. Uh, no one else is in the desert except me, and I'm five feet away, going, "Ha ha, shit in that cactus!" Ha ha. <laughs> you show saying, that cactus like, who's master and commander. At this point, if I'm like wandering around the desert, I probably already have like shit myself. Like that's not the problem. The yeah. first thing I do whenever I lose track of where I am is shit. <laughs> Every time. So this is a false question. Mm. Well, do better, false Michael. Choice. Yeah, do do better. Thank you for writing in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Wow, well, great stuff, everybody. Are we over? Are we done? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I that's I can't it see the us. time. I don't know if we if we pass 60 yet. Well, we will in 10 seconds. Wow, okay, great. Plugs, everybody? Katie, what do you got going on? You can find me on Twitter at Katie Rose, Instagram at Oh Hello Katie Rose. That's all I'm doing. Alex. I'd just like to plug um, not only Pet Cemetery but all of Stephen King's work. If you're looking for a <laughs> thrill and a chill, return home to the master, Stephen King. I would like to plug Woodstock 99. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting to be like the pod damn uh, 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 plugs where we just say things we like and we're like, yeah, that's my plug. My plug is for protesting. Uh, my yeah. plug is for remembering to vote. <laughs> Damn, nice. Uh, my plug is for a, a band called Starcrawler. I don't really like them very much, but they did a very good cover of Pet Cemetery that I found recently. Okay. Um, and it's it's worth listening to that alone. Um, Pet Cemetery has a song? Yeah, yes, the, it's a Ramones Alex. song, um, and they covered it. Did you watch the remake, Stop yelling Alex? at me! Yes, um, he did. He watched the remake, that poser. You poser. poser. You it was fucking good. They poser. Did it, it was tastefully done. Nope. Nope. Um, if they remake something that's not even that old, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, Starcrawler, man. Check him out. Uh, just that song, though. Nothing else. The rest is not yeah, that great. Yeah, that's it for them. They don't um, deserve it. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for this week. Join us next week. Super! Super! Oh, I'll just put the song here.